0: I don't want you to hear me singing, actually. Um, not because I didn't want you to know that I was singing, but it's not always great. Um, yeah, thank you, Gary, for praying for me. I think sometimes um, I think sometimes we we forget to pray for you guys <laughs> as I step up. But um, uh, look, uh, I, I don't know if um, if you've got Bibles or not. Um, if you do, fantastic. If not, oh, Paul's already making a way to the back and stick your hand up and he'll bring one down if you want to get ahead of the crowd. We are starting off in Proverbs 16. Um, Christine's giving the game away, hey, it's fantastic. Um, it's going to take five minutes or so to get there first, though, so. um, and, um, and then we'll actually make our way to Acts 16. I thought I'd keep it nice and, uh, uh, nice and simple for myself. So, okay, so I'm in um, I'm in Edinburgh. I've just started work. Two months in, actually, and um, I'm on what they call secondment for two weeks, which means I'm living up in a hotel, enjoying life. Um, I've been told, in order to get to the office, uh, I need to give this number a ring. I give this number a ring, and a taxi comes and picks me up every day. 20, 25 minutes later, I arrive at the office. I do my work, um, I find the taxi again, picks me up. 20, 25 minutes later, I'm, um, I'm back in the comfort of my hotel room. It's easy. It's, it's very, very simple. I'm, I'm clutching a little pink slip at the end of every taxi ride with about 10 to £15 pounds on it each time. And I'm told to collect these things up, hand them in at the end of my two-week stay, and someone will sort the money out in the background. It's fantastic. Um, it was all going so well until day nine... The day before I was leaving, it was a Thursday, and uh, my director said to me, let's go out for lunch. Now, he's a senior director in the company, takes me out to a very nice restaurant. We get talking. He's an English chap. He lives up in Edinburgh, um, but he used to stay up in, uh, in Edinburgh quite a lot when he was, um, uh, before he'd actually moved there. And he says, oh, what hotel you're staying in? Oh, I'm staying in the Marriott. Oh, it's very good there, isn't it? I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm not that experienced with hotels, it's okay, it's a hotel, it's a bed, somewhere to put your head. He goes, no, it's so good, isn't it? Because it's only a 10-minute walk away from the office. <laughs> oh, yes, because it's only a 10-minute walk away from the office. Right, that's, that's, that's good, I didn't realise that. Um, now, I'd been going on the taxi every single day to the office and back, and I'd racked up a bill of over £150 for those nine days. Of course, I was going to rectify it the next day. Um, I managed to find the route. You just had to climb over the back of this grassy bank, through the Morrisons car park, and you were there. Yeah. But we do that sometimes, don't we? We follow other people's directions. Um, so, uh, so, blindly... So, blind we sometimes make the wrong decisions. Um, Sarah and I have what we call a satnav route. I don't know if you've ever been caught on one of these. For those that drive, um, fantastic satnavs are. You know, just punch in your postcode. You don't know where you're going. You don't need to do any preparation whatsoever. And um, eventually, well, most of the time, eventually you get there. Sometimes, however, sometimes, despite your best instinct, despite what the signs seem to say, your satnav tells you to turn off the road, doesn't it? It tells you to turn off the road. You can see a free motorway in front of you with the sign that says where you're meant to be going, yet you listen to the woman in your sat-nav or the man in your sat-nav. Um, my father-in-law used to have Homer in his sat-nav, which used to be hilarious. Um, turned it off after a while. But, but you follow it, and what happens is you, um, you keep following it. It tells you to turn off the next road and the next one, and each time you turn off the road, it gets narrower, narrower, and it turns into a single track, and it gets bumpier because people clearly don't go on this road very often, do they? People aren't looking after it. And after a little while, you're wondering where you're going. There are no cars on the road, but if one comes towards you, there's clearly going to be a crash. The children are getting more agitated because the iPad that we've precariously balanced between the two seats has fallen. It's dislodged itself somewhere that even the best contortionist cannot reach from the front seat. And then you eventually get there. And you've saved yourself probably about 1.2 miles, but you're 55 minutes late for wherever you were meant to be. You follow these directions blindly. And we tend to do that sometimes, don't we? We tend to do it not just on a journey, but... In life, yeah, we, 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 we sometimes let others make decisions for us. We sometimes don't know exactly where we're going. So I'm going to ask you to do a little bit of work just for a second here. A couple of minutes, I want you just to turn around, talk to those that are around you. Um, I want you to think about decisions. Now, some decisions in life are really easy to make. Yeah? So should I wear my hair up? Should I wear it down? That's yeah, easy for me. White socks, black socks... Contact lenses, glasses, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, you, you wouldn't necessarily, oh, I don't know, like, be asking for God's direction on those particular things. But some decisions in life, you really want to involve God in, especially for those of you that are Christians. Um, so I want you to talk about those kind of decisions. I want you to think about what those decisions are that you might want God to, um, to be more involved in might be house purchases, it might be, I don't know, the options that you choose for, for your GCSE, et cetera, et cetera. Give you two minutes, have a chat, and then I'd like to hear a little bit of feedback, if that's all right. Go. Um, I'm, I'm conscious of time, so, um, so I'm going to ask you to... Feedback to me. I'm going to ask you to, um, to, 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 to shout out um, some of these decisions so I don't know someone from around here where you might live, where you might live. so the town you might live in or, or, or yeah whether or not you buy a house in a different place that sort of stuff okay C- your career right okay so a job maybe it is whether or not you're going to go and get a career maybe it is whether or not you change careers that sort of stuff yep who your friends are, yeah, like that one, so, um, so yeah, we've we lots of decisions in terms of what your fr- who your friends are, whether or not you, I don't know, like you've got a friendship group, you need to, 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 to be thinking about changing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, guys at the back over there, anyone want to say anything? What you, do when you what you do when you retire, love it, okay. So I'd written a load of stuff down, um, uh, and, and actually all of those things were included on there, job, university, um, you know, really tough decisions like, should I have treatment for something that I've got? <coughs> you know, what does God have to say? Should I go to university? Should I do an apprentice scheme? Should I go into work? What options should I take at GCSE? Should I do A-levels or not? There's so many choices in, um, in, in what I would traditionally call a sick form, and I've got no idea what you guys call that anymore, but um, in sick form... Hey. You don't call it fifth form anymore, though, do you? No. no. Yeah, it's year 11. Yeah? Okay. I'm really old. Um, I'm so old. Um, what you do when you retire, I had that one down. Um, yeah, whether you invite your friends to church or not, whether you pray for people, um, you know, either either your friends or work colleagues, stuff. whether or not you need to confess a sin to your friend, um, whether you work part-time or full-time, been praying about that one. Definitely been praying about that one. But there's lots of decisions that we want to invite God into. So if we turn to Proverbs, um, it's on page 650 if you've got a church Bible um, or up on screen. It's very simple. Proverbs uh, 16 verse 9. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. I thought it was a sensible place to start, because uh, the Proverbs were written by a chap called King Solomon, who at the time was definitely known as the wisest man that had walked the earth. Um, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Now, plans tend to be big, don't they? Um, Steps are much smaller. Plans involve a destination. Steps are all about how you actually get there, and they're required to get there, because without the steps, you can't get to where you're going. Um, so I, I, I think... I'm going to do something unusual, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to tell you the end of the sermon before we've got there. So, um, so for those of you that have realised that the person next to you has fallen asleep, or they're not really looking at their Bible at all, they're actually texting their mates, give them a little nudge, a gentle nudge, and just say, you want to hear this one for a second. Oh, no one said that, which is good. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that God does big things through small steps of obedience God does big things through small steps of obedience so let's uh, let's go on to um on to on to act 16 now um I'll give you a bit of time to find it um it's nice and easy actually the church bible was another nice easy round number for me one 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 if you're in the church bible I didn't even write that down we we joined Paul, Silas, and Timothy here on what became known as Paul's second missionary journey. Um, it started off in Jerusalem just after the Jerusalem Council, um, and actually I think I've even got a little map up here. Um, there you go, look. And I've just learnt I can point things. Oh, it's working. All right, so Jerusalem down here oh, down here somewhere. And, um, and Paul um, embarks on his missionary journey. And, um, and he wants to go into this place over here. Right? So this is modern-day Turkey, all of this area. And, um, and, and Paul's got a plan. His plan is that he wants to evangelise the whole of modern-day Turkey. So he starts off in Cilicia. And he walks through over here. And we join him in, um, in verse 6. So follow along with me. Uh, don't read it. I don't want that mistake. Right, so follow along, don't read along while I'm reading along. Paul and his companions travelled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mycenae and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel there. So there's a little bit of a zoom in. So they, they, oh, they, so they get to this point over here. They want to go into Asia. They want to go into the middle part of Asia. And from, from what I kind of read, I kind of get that, that, that Paul then wants to go up to Bithynia, which is up here. And then he's probably <coughs> planning to go back to Galatia, back to Cap- uh, Cappadocia, and down into Syria again, and then back home. But what happens he stopped. He stopped by the Spirit. Now, have it, I don't know if you've ever come across a situation where, uh, where, where you've, you've been going along a certain journey, a certain road, doing a certain thing, and suddenly God closes a door. It's like there's a dead end. I don't know what your situation could be. I don't know what it is, but, um, but it could be a failed relationship. It could be a house move that's fallen through. It could be a whole host of things, a promotion that you don't get or a job that you don't get. But the door is closed. So, of course, what does Paul do? He packs up his bags, he you know, turns around, goes home, and that's it. Thank you very much. Good night. No, he doesn't, does he? He doesn't do that. He actually continues. He he goes on. He he doesn't see it as a negative. He knows that there's a mission. He knows that God's got a plan, He doesn't see it as a negative. He sees the no as a redirection. No isn't a bad thing. When we get no's from God, it's not a bad thing. It is often God redirecting our lives. But how many times do we see it as a bad thing because we don't get what we want? He was kept from the Holy Spirit from going into that area. And Paul decided that what he would do Is he'd continue, continue on his journey. So I had a situation when I was younger. Um, I, uh, I applied for five different universities. Three of them were top tier, two of them were what we used to call insurance choices. Again, I've got no idea if that's the process nowadays. And, uh, and frankly, I didn't want to go to my insurance proce- uh, insurance universities at all. I didn't really like either of them. Um, I was banking on these three universities. Now, when you look at them on paper, I'm not going to tell you what they are. You're going to think, Paul, really? You thought you were that good? Uh, but either way, right, they, they came through, and, um, and I was rejected. I was rejected from all three of them. But I had a plan. I was going to go to one of these top universities, but I don't know. I don't know what God's plan was. I'm confused. I'm. I, I'm wondering what to do. And um. And I pray about it. Now I can't pretend that I was some holy person that spent hours and days in prayer and fasting. But I prayed about it. And um, instead of sort of going back to school, resitting, maybe studying a little bit more, or a little bit, um, and getting better grades. Um. I am. Um, I. 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 I, I I had a good feeling about one of the insurance choices that I'd never had before. And um, I ended up, going to, um, ended up going to Loughborough, taking it. And um, oh, Charlotte's a Loughborough graduate at the back there. She's waving. <laughs> Lovely place. And I met... I, I tell you what, after a year and a half of, um, uh, of basically kind of getting a little bit angry with God and kind of going through that process, um, I met a guy who invited me to a church and never have I met a bunch of people that were so God-fearing. Never have I met a bunch of people that inspired me so much to want to know more about him. Never have I met a bunch of people whose numbers were added to them on campus on a weekly basis exercising the gifts that God had given them, but seeing so much fruit in all of that. And that inspired me. God spoke through that in my life to want to get to know the person who I'd already committed my life to even more. And I'm so thankful for that. And I don't know if that would have happened at any of the other universities, but I'm thoroughly grateful God kept me on that course. Now, when we get a no, because we are British... We don't often see that as a no, do we? We see that as an opportunity to start banging at the door. So the door's closed and we want to get through it. But sometimes we've got to recognise that there's a dead end. It says in verse 7, when they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, which was the place up north. That's what Paul's plan was. He wanted to go around the whole of modern-day Turkey. Uh, But the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. We want to break that door down. We want to revisit that relationship. We want to try again and buy another place a house in that place. We want to attempt to get that promotion again but through another. But sometimes a closed door is a closed door. Right? And, and and if we're not careful, that can really wind us up. Right? That 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 could really get us depressed, upset, frustrated with ourselves, with God, with those around us. But we've got to recognise that some doors close. And if we don't recognise that, we quite often won't see the door that God has opened for us. Um, if you want to see that door that God's opened for you, if you want to move away from that door, um, you need to put Jesus first. And that's what, that's what Paul and, um, and the team did. So they passed through Mycenae, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia, standing and begging to him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready. The we refers to the fact that in Troas, they met Luke, who was the author of Acts, who captured all of this stuff that Paul had done. They got ready at once, they left for Macedonia, concluding that God had called them to preach the gospel So let's take a couple of those decisions from a little bit earlier on. Um, uh, I'm going to take some uh, that, that, that I've pre-prepared, um, but, um, but, but relationships is a great one, right? Um, who should I go out with? Right? Who should I go out with? How do we put Jesus first in the context of this? It's really difficult, yeah? And not all these situations are completely clear-cut, and we'll, we'll learn about that in a second, but... Could God be saying, actually, I don't mind who you go out with? Right? This is a bit controversial. You've got to bear with me here. I don't mind who you go out with, so long as the person that you go out with loves me more than they love you. So long as the person that you go out with puts me first in their lives and not you. What about uh, a place to live? Could God be saying don't mind where you live so long as the place that you live you can serve me and use your gifts to further my kingdom in that place what about the job could it be that God says don't mind what job you have and I wrote this one down because I didn't want to get it wrong So long as you work at it with all your heart as if working for me and not human masters, you see, if you want to know what God's will in your life is I can tell you what God's will in your life is, it says it in Romans, it's to be conformed to the image of Jesus. because God loves us just the way we are. That's true, right? I learned this from Max Macado like years ago, right? Lucado, years and years ago. Uh, he wrote a book about it, transformed the way I thought about you know, who Jesus was and how, how he loved me. Um, God loves us just the way we are, but he wants us to become more and more like Jesus, to be conformed to the image of Jesus. But of course, you know, these situations aren't always clear-cut, right? We know these situations aren't always clear-cut. Um, and, um, and, and my thought here is, look, if you want to know what God's mind is, you need to read God's word. If you, know, if you want to read God's mind, you read God's word. And, um, uh, and there is not enough time to go through the importance of reading God's word tonight. Right? So I'm going to su- superficially just say this is so important, this book. So uh, as, as life goes on, as society moves, as culture moves, more and more this book is getting put down and people are listening to each other. You ever come across Chinese whispers? You know, when, when people listen to each other and build upon something accidentally, and, and it starts off as something, but, but right at the end, it's something completely different. You need to read this word. Yes, we are gifted with preachers. Yes, we are gifted with people that open up this word and read it, and God speaks to them. But you need to read this book. You need to figure out what you think it says in your life. The the word of God, it says in Hebrews, is living and active. Which of course means you need to pray when you read the Bible. You need to pray. And look, look, right, this this, this is going to be rich coming from me. Prayer is about communication. Communication is as much about listening as it is talking and I've got some fantastic stories about that that we haven't got time to go into, but they would make you laugh. Fortunately, I've got good friends that can counsel me, otherwise my marriage would be a disaster. But it's as much about listening to God as it is about talking at God. So much of my life has been spent talking at God. But that's not a relationship, is it? Talking at someone all the time. You have to listen, you have to learn. Counsel. What do I mean by counsel? Like, so, so, look, we're we're here in a fellowship, Uh, young people. You know, where could you get your best counsel from? Counsel is about learning from others, uh, getting getting advice. Um, It says in Proverbs fifteen. I thought I'd written it down, but I think it's um, verse eleven that um, uh, the 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 plans of of man fail unless there is. uh, or, or no, the plans of men fail, but they, uh, they will succeed with a lot of advice from, from, from those that counsel them. That's my paraphrase because I don't know what it says exactly. Um, but um, that's so true. So, so, so young people, where would the first place that you go to get advice? Look, if your parents are Christians and, and they follow God, that, that's probably one of the first places you need to think about looking for advice. But you've also got youth leaders, a youth work director... Uh, other people within the church, uh, people that are not classed as young people but are still young. Um, discipleship groups, you know, people that you pray with, trusted friends, parents as well. Seek counsel from others because, um, because God can speak to you through others. Now, the key thing here and the key criteria is that those other people that are following God, that you recognise them as people that are following the way of God, people that are in the shadow of God, are, are, and I love that, that's, that's such a good way of, it, of describing, there's no point in following people that are, yeah, are not in God's shadow, there's no people that are following people that, that profess to be Christians, but, but really don't know what they're talking about, right, you need to follow people that are in the shadow of God, and revelation, now God reveals his word to us, God reveals things to us when we pray, but God will not reveal anything to us unless we are reading his word and praying with him uh, through, through things that we recognise. The most important thing is that we, 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 we take that and we check it against God's word. Um, years and years ago, um, uh, after university, I, I was looking for jobs, and I'd been offered two jobs. Um, one, we'll call it job A, was with, um, with an investment bank. I would have been an investment banker. You already know what job I'm going to take now, don't you? Um, <laughs> and um, and it was really interesting. It was really exciting. Um, two years uh, of, uh, of six-month placements, Hong Kong, Tokyo, Dubai, New York, um, Oh, it just looked really interesting. It was very well organised. The interviews went so well. I was so impressed by the people. They gave you very good feedback. The other one, job B, um, the interview kept on getting messed around. The assessment centres, I was messed around. And um, I was just thinking, well, what's this? What's, what's happening? Not only that, but job B paid me £15,000 less than job A. Um, I got, I got offered Job B before A. I waited for Job A to come through. Then I've got a problem here, haven't I? So what do I choose? That I took to God in prayer. And I wrestled with it. I, I, I sought counsel as well. Um, against all of the logic of Job A, God impressed upon my heart that Job B was the one to take. And I ended up taking it. Fast forward six months later, when I should have been in Dubai or something, somewhere exotic, I'm sitting in a cold... Well, it wasn't a cold hotel room, but it was a cold Edinburgh in a hotel room, spending far too much money on taxis. And, um, and I get a text message through. I get a text message through from a young lady who I'd texted and asked her out for dinner. Well, I hadn't texted and asked her out for dinner. I'd asked her three times to her face, and she not- said, No, each time I've got to recognise a door- closed door. I see the <laughs> irony. Um, Eventually, on this text message, she said yes. Well, she said yes before, but she kept on rearranging. Anyway, long story short, um, that was that was my former girlfriend, um, uh, who later became my ex-wife. And oh no, ex-wife, ex-fiance. I said it wrong. Oh goodness, it's not recorded. Take it out. My ex, my ex-fiance. Oh, this was that was a fantastic joke. That was. I heard it at best man's speech. Oh. Anyway, my ex-fiancee, who is now my wife, of uh, 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 we've been together for 13 years and we've got two children. Isn't that fantastic? But had I been in Dubai, had I been in New York, would it have happened? Would I have had the opportunity to meet her? My mother-in-law is sitting in the back thinking, "You should have been in New York." (laughs) Especially since you called her your (laughs) ex-wife. But yeah, so, so, so look, God, God gave this impression on my heart, uh, and do you know something? God can do big things in your life through these small steps of obedience that we take when we follow him. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes our steps, Paul wanted to take the gospel into into Asia. Paul wanted to take the, he he wanted to evangelize the whole of Turkey. That was his plan. But God had a different plan for him. He had a different plan for that team. When they went to Troas, they they sailed over to Macedonia. Macedonia is modern day Greece, it was the gateway into Europe. It's how the gospel reached Europe. It's how the gospel reached us. It's how the gospel reached the Americas. God does big things through these small steps of obedience. And it says, um, I won't get the words wrong. After Paul had seen the vision, we got up, well, we got ready at once. Paul was obedient to God's calling. Where do we need to be obedient? What, what, what steps is God thinking about in our lives? Now, I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up, if you, if you guys don't mind. Uh, try not to trip over me or any of your stuff. Um, just thinking about kind of the stuff that we've covered, um, has... Has there been a door closed in your life? Do you think that's negative? Or do you actually see that as an opportunity to be redirected somewhere else? Is there a door that you keep trying to smash down that God says, don't don't smash it down, I'm trying to redirect you? Is Jesus first in your life? Right, you might not all be Christians. I don't know. Right, I don't know everyone here. Um, but but do you put God first in your decision making? Are you bothered about that? Do you read God's word, or do you spend all your time relying on what others say? I just want you to close your eyes, if you may. I know we're British and that's hard to do. It's always hard for me to do anyway. Um, And I want you to spend a little bit of time just in silence, just thinking about those things, just thinking about whether or not God is asking you to make any small steps of obedience. Um, I had a fantastic testimony last week, um, Roger gave it, uh, about um, about some small steps of obedience he's been taking, asking his colleagues if they'd like prayer. And I believe God can do great things, big things, through those small steps of, e- of obedience. Whether or not we always see the fruit, I don't know, but 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 god can do that in your life and I, I i think we need to hear that as individuals i think we need to hear it as a church as a town and um i'm going to ask you to do something um active just just to kind of um i i guess kind of help help you help you respond yourselves more than anything else um if you think that God is asking you to make a small step, you know you, you may be a, you may not be a Christian. You want to be a Christian. You you may um, you may you may just want to say, God, I just I just want you to be priority in my life. I just want to change some of my habits and and and, and do that. I'm going to ask you to stand, um, and the worship band will start playing um, a little bit of music, and I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to pray for all of you, and we're going to um, to respond in sung worship. So, if you if you if you feel God is asking you to um, to make any small steps of obedience, would you um, would you stand? Um, I know you're here with us, Holy Spirit. I ask you to uh, to, to 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 work in, in the lives of those that um, that want to be obedient to you. Father God, I pray that um, I, I pray that you pour down your Spirit upon them, that you fill them anew, fill them afresh, um, and that you do big things through their small steps.